right, hi, welcome to today's podcast. Um, hey, happy Prime Day. Something oh, it is Prime Day, isn't it? Yeah, and I don't want you to kick yourself, but exactly getting my notes together. Um, one of the deals that caught my eye was an Apple Watch. It's the, I guess the latest, $279, but how much did you pay for yours? I have no idea. What do you mean you have no idea? I literally don't even know. I didn't look at the price. I just went in and told them that was what I wanted and divvy it up on my plan. Oh my god! Oh, okay, LeBron. so I pay like I pay like ten bucks. <laughs> okay, superstar athlete who doesn't have to check price tags. I, I don't not have to check price tags. I I'm like, just do it. I did it with an iPad, so I was like, it can't be more than that. So. So you do that with expensive electronics. That's how I do my food shopping. Because I'm like, ah, oh, the cucumber's 79 cents. You know what? Put it in. Get two. Um, they have they have a, a nice Apple Watch. But it's only in the color red. Ooh, that's a very popular color. So when I went into the store and got mine, they automatically pulled out a red one. And I was like, why would I want a red one? And he goes, oh, everybody wants this one. I said, ah, no. <laughs> no, thank you. If it was not red, I would seriously consider getting it, even though I don't wear watches. But um, yeah, that and there's a, there's an AirPod deal, like the regular ones. Hmm. Uh, there, it's like ninety nine bucks. So I haven't scrolled through a lot of the deals, but I like Prime Day sometimes. Like the things that they advertise, I don't always buy, but I'll link off to something and I'll be like, "That's a good deal." Or something that I typically buy, it's, I save a couple of bucks, so I I like it. I might want some AirPods. Yeah, um, they're not the uh, pro kind that Philip would uh, would only have. I, I I would love some AirPods, but I have like funny ears, and things don't actually stay in my ears. So um, I I always have to like adjust my headphones so that they stay. Like even the ones I'm wearing right now. I have a. I should really not do any kind of pod anymore. I have a hate hate relationship with. My Apple Pods, mm-hmm. when I go to the gym, <laughs> I use the AirPods. Mm-hmm. And sometimes only one side connects. And for whatever reason, oh, man. I don't, I try not to talk on the phone on my AirPods because they don't, like, they, people can't hear me. Um, as a, the, the, the corded ones, people can hear me just fine. And I usually wear those around the house or make mm-hmm. phone calls on them. But then they're always, like, the cord is getting caught in the drawer and getting yet my ears being ripped off the side of my head. So I should probably get something else. I suppose. Um, okay, so I'll save the, the, the bigger topic, which you'll be fine to talk about. Um, maybe you even saw, saw the story. I'll save that for later on in the show. There's a lot of food things here today to get to. But uh, you, you had a good weekend. That was a very... Very, very somber video that you posted uh, in consideration of your dad. Yeah, I had. So I did. It was. So first of all, my vacation was nice. It felt good and long, which is weird. Like most vacations don't feel like everybody complains about how short they were. And I'm like, mine is my vacation's very long, except when Saturday came around. And then I was like, oh, crap. Now I only have one more day to sleep in and then I have to go back to work. So like now I was I felt like I didn't have enough days. Um, but this weekend was nice. We went, I spent some time with my nephews. We shopped for my brother's Father's Day gift. And then, um, yeah, you know, Father's Day was a quiet, somber day. It was, it was, you know, first one. So I didn't have anything like cute to say, (laughs) 
you know what I mean? It was a little, it was, it wasn't rough, but I definitely had its moments, its little pockets. This is Alex's first Father's Day without her dad. Um, yes. Yeah, your your video was very stark and uh, pointed, and it grabbed my attention. But it, I was pretty happy to see, and maybe it's just who Facebook shows me because of who and how I engage with things. But I saw a lot of people showing off their dads. It seemed again, yeah, maybe, like a lot. There was there was a Mother's Day level of love mm-hmm. yesterday that I saw, which I have not seen in the past, but I'm very happy to see because obviously my, my dad is number one in my life, and I'm glad to see others acknowledging um, their fathers as well. That was what I said. So that was why I had to say that. I acknowledged, I said that it's so nice to see so many people appreciate dads and that because it was also like, what you know once your family member passes away specifically a parent like all you have left are the memories so you see these dads doing all these things with their kids and it's like i remember when my dad did that nike i think it was nike played a video of that um do you remember that track it was like a track race and the guy tore his hamstring in the middle of the race and the dad came running down yes in like the 80s so i had a moment like that with my dad and so when i saw that i immediately thought of that memory i had with my dad where he literally picked me up off the floor and so um it's really nice to see that and so i said good for all of the dads although and I, I understand I have a different perspective. I'm a female and I'm also very close with my mom. Like she's like my bestie, but I don't, is there a narrative that dads don't receive appreciation? Cause I feel like they do. Like it's, I'm just, I've never, maybe the dads in my life is all I know, but they're like, dads don't receive appreciation. They're not talked about. They're not discussed, you know? And I was like, I see this narrative all the time and I, I've never actually seen the lack of appreciation for dads. I think I've seen both. I've seen the narrative and, okay. I've, seen, and I've seen the reality that, that Father's Day, dad's always got the short shrift as, <laughs> as opposed to the love and adoration for mom. And I don't know where there was any kind of sea change or paradigm shift, but I was I was happy to see everybody else bragging about their dad. Yes. How I have bragged about my dad for years. Yes, you have. You have. I, I think I've seen that picture with the German Shepherd a few times. <laughs> and, That's tequila. And- and Barry with his mustache, with his cool stash. Um, but yeah, it was nice. It was the dogs had their visit with the vet. And um, we love to watch Thunderstorm. So I got one Saturday night and one last night that I got to go out. And we have a really nice hill where we live. And obviously it's very rural. So you can see for miles. And so it was really cool because we could see the storms coming in from Michigan. And we were far enough away to where it was safe. But it, they gave you a real show. I heard the stuff this morning because mm-hmm. I tried to go to bed early and I was actually angry that I couldn't fall asleep or stay asleep between like eight and midnight. Um, but when I was asleep, I didn't hear the storms. This morning, it was it was loud and lots of rumbling and there was some damage in the neighborhood. Some trees had to be picked up. I know these were uh, these this was some severe weather that we had last night or this morning. Yeah, it completely passed us over. So um, my little pocket of town has been getting like just passed up like a column, like a storm just separates and like parts the Red Sea and we're right there in the middle. So we don't get anything Um, because uh, other than a couple rumbles last night and then just I think maybe one big rumble this morning. That was really all I heard. The dogs hate it, right? No. Well, Sonny will go under the bed, but Petey loves it. Like, he'll go to the window because he wants to know what's going on. Like, with excitement, he's really weird. 
<laughs> of all the times I would have strangled the dogs, which isn't that many times, but like, oh God. Just Diddy so fucking loud when people come over and I'm like, Diddy, you have to be quiet. Um, they, they don't mind storms at all. So um, for Father's Day, so I, I called my dad yesterday. There's really nothing else I could do. But Paul and Tracy in Phoenix took him for a Father's Day, either late lunch, early dinner. They went back to this Brazilian steakhouse that Paul seemingly loves now. It's in uh, King of Prussia, Pennsylvania. It's just like an hour, eh, maybe like 45 minutes outside of Philadelphia. And it's $55 a person. And, you, you know, I was telling Amanda about this. Is it the one in Detroit? But there? Yes. Okay. Yeah, I guess they're all similar. I've never been. But we have to, uh, the four of us have to go to one. Yeah. So apparently I was supposed to go to one for an anniversary at some point um, a couple years back. And Thomas didn't, He the one time he did not make... Um, Texas Day Brazil. So the one time he did not make uh, reservations, he makes reservations literally, he might as well make some at Bob Evans, literally everywhere. He did not, and it was restaurant week in Detroit. Mm. So I think um, that's, he didn't get to go. I think that's the one Philip went to like years ago when it first yeah. became a thing and he raved about it. But yeah, they went to this place. There. I, I told Amanda, I was like, I want to go gorge myself at a restaurant instead of on the sofa. And she's like, <laughs> I'll drive. Um, so Yeah, we'd be down for that. It was 55 bucks, and they come around with all the cuts of meat and everything. But of all the things my dad was raving about, he's not a big meat eater. He loved the salad bar. <laughs> yes, Barry. And, and in a sense, like, that kind of made me feel bad because that's a sore spot for me right now. Why? Because um, years ago, the last Ruby Tuesdays closed, and the service there was, was shit. Um, like everybody there is like every employee at a fast food place now. Like you see mm-hmm. this, somebody last week walked out of a McDonald's drive through and left a note on the drive through. Like everybody at that Ruby Tuesdays had that attitude. Uh, the PJ, PJ's Deli downtown, they had a, a, a salad bar closed. There, were, there was a big boy that's now a crab place on Secor. It closed. So I'd love to know if we have any reasonably decent salad bar places left. Probably not. You must be a salad bar person. I do know people that love, love Ruby bars. Tuesdays was because of the salad bar. And the croutons. Yeah. Uh, yeah, there was no, I mean, there were other reasons to go there, but that's why, like, I didn't care about this. One time, I think I, maybe I told you this before. One time, Megan and I uh, went to that one and we sat with, we sat with water for 15 minutes. <laughs> and, like, she didn't want the salad bar. She wanted to, and, we just we just left. It was it was awful, um, but I I do miss that place and I miss a good salad bar. So we had a moment. Me and my mom were too. We spent most of my vacation together, and um, I love a good bacon, uh, junior bacon from Wendy's, and she loves Wendy's. And there was one day where we went to the Wendy's um, that is in Perrysburg, that's right outside of Amazon now, mm-hmm. and they didn't have any more meat. And you told was, me this before. I remember. Oh, this. did I? Literally, it was like three in the afternoon. Sorry, we don't have any meat. And I was like, so I, so like fries? They're like, oh no, we have meat. We just don't have. <laughs> like okay, 
And then like the next day we were out again. And so it was like, okay, let me just hop over and get like a small chicken nugget. I went that Wendy's line was wrapped around the block. So we went to the other one. Their card machine was not working. And my mom had somehow like she had a negative experience with another fast food place in Florida. And just like the temperament is getting a little bit shorter. And she's like, I'm convinced people don't want to work. Somebody's not doing their job. Why don't they have meat? Why isn't this place's card working? And I was like, whoa, Mary, get off your lawn. Like, (laughs) and I told her, I said, please don't lose hope in people and humanity just because you're being inconvenienced a couple times. And she's like, you know, I get it. Okay. She says, okay, okay. And then we moved on. But it was, it was really inconvenient and obnoxious. (laughs) We'll uh, we'll come back to that topic or a spoke of it near the end of the podcast. And Look, I don't know if Panera that I have been going to every day for months is ever going to be is going to be open when I go over there in the morning. Yeah. And my buddy Marissa and I have talked about this. Like, I've just stopped going. I just go over to Tim Hortons because I run through the drive through because I don't know if Panera will be open because of the same struggle that everybody else is having. Saturday night, Josh came over and uh, we were going to order pizza from Mama Mary's and they weren't doing delivery. Yeah. So um, we'll come back to that shortly. Um, Amanda had pointed out. Um, we had not gone out like on a date mm-hmm. in our time. And I was like, we went to the movies with Alex. It's like, okay. yeah. Like, uh, we, we just last night went to the jazz in the park and. Oh, how was it? It was good. It was really good. We, and we got to see Ramona Collins and there's nobody better than her. Yeah. Um, so I like to go to more of those. The next handful I think are on the East side. Um, not that I have a problem with the East side, but it's just a little farther of a trip. And I was trying, and we've done a lot of things together, but we hadn't had a date. And I was like, and she wasn't upset or angry, just making a point. I was like, we're going to go out tomorrow night. We're going to make reservations. So um, we went, I'll mention it here on the podcast, but not on the air. So we went to Bar's Public House, which I love. Yes. Um, Maybe it was me, because I had to run across the street to Churchill's to get my lactate, because I forgot to bring one with me. And uh, it, that kind of jilted the night, but the vibe wasn't good. Um, first of all, there were two douchebags, or as Philip would call them, lads at the bar. And I kept mm. telling Amanda, I was like, he, his voice carries, like, please stop talking. And I, I moaned and groaned every time I saw that motherfucker order another beer. I wanted mm-hmm. to buy him a beer just to leave. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was busier, and the tables were kind of set up weird, and the wait staff seemed rushed, and they kind of botched Amanda's drink because when I went to Churchill's, she sat at the bar. They didn't make her drink in time. She thought it was going to come over to the table. It didn't, like, everything was just a little off. And then, so I ordered a Kobe beef burger. I was at bars before, and they're like, how's your burger, sir? I was like, it's delicious. They're like, oh, we're so glad to hear that. I'm like, why is that? Like, oh, we just wanted to know if, if the error was, I'm like, what error? Like, yeah, we get we did the regular burger, not the Kobe beef. And they changed it. This time, I feel like I ordered it. They didn't catch it. And it, it, it didn't have that robust flavor of a $17 burger. But everything was just a little off for the night. And I'm, I'm not going to be that idiot on the internet saying I'm never coming back here again. I get it, mm-hmm. you know. Restaurant and um, and places like that right now, they're a little off. Maybe they, you know, new cooks, working in new cooks, people have left, all that stuff. But it, everything about the night was a little off, but we had a date. 
So that that's so funny that you said that. Maybe it's because Mercury's in retrograde. I'm sure Janet can explain it a little bit more. But we also um, had a date on Saturday night. And um, Thomas and I are in like a little bit of an awkward place. So I didn't actually want to go. But I was like, you know what? Go. Like, make an effort and go out and have a date. We ended up taking my mom because she wanted to go. But it was still a date. So we went to the night market, the Toledo night market. Oh, okay. Um, And it also, it wasn't what I expected because it was so damn crowded. Like, it was, it was shoulder to shoulder And so, like, what I thought would be, like, I didn't think it was going to be, like, dead by any means, like, crickets. But I didn't expect it to be as crowded as it was. Like, at all times, you were either in somebody else's way or they were in your way trying to look at all these tables and, like, purchase things. And, like, good luck trying to get food from the food truck. And, yeah, yet again, no drinks from, you know, good luck trying to get drinks. So we went and we walked all the booths. And then we essentially left. It was like we we showed up, walked, and then left because we really didn't want to do anything else, which was a little disappointing. I was hoping for it to be a a bit more of an enjoyable experience. But um, that part, so for me, that was off. And like there was a huge crowd and Thomas doesn't love huge crowds um, all the time, especially since we both were in like an awkward place with each other. So there was that. But then we went to Manhattan. So we went and had dinner. I said, okay, we're, I'm hungry. Where are we going to eat? It was after eight. So it's like, where can we go and get food after eight where it doesn't seem like we're inconveniencing them because they're about to close? So we went to Manhattan's, sat out on the patio. It was beautiful. There was a storm coming in. You know how I love that. But then there was like a moment where we heard um, mom's like, oh, those must be fireworks. And I was like, mm, we are at Manhattan. So I mean, like two blocks up is North Toledo. And she's like, those have to be fireworks. And I was like, no, I don't think they were, Mom. She goes, they're fireworks. It's only like 8.30. And then like four TPD trucks fly past um, with their sirens on. And I said, I told you those were not fireworks. <laughs> it was not. But it was so funny of an experience because here we are at like a nice place eating our food on a patio, enjoying like music and drinks. And there's like a shooting up the street. It was a very shooty weekend again. Um, yeah, it was. But that's that's like a weekly occurrence on the weekends now. And as we've talked about, it's not just here. It's basically any place that the city. Um, what did I want to ask? It was bars. Oh, um, oh, what was the demographic breakdown of the night market? Um, sixty forty. Are you doing men to women? No whites to to minorities. Really, I'm surprised it was. Yeah. I'm. Su- I thought you were going to be like ninety five five. So no, go- good. Well, I just lost you. I just Sorry, lost I got you. a call. Yeah. Um, there was actually a lot of um, uh, minorities there between people selling their stuff at the booths, which we obviously good. patronized because it was Juneteenth, um, which was interesting because I feel like every single person we walked up to it was like happy Juneteenth um, which was kind of nice but um, but also the people that were shopping there was a lot of like black families and couples a lot of people out on date night and stuff Good. musicians it was great yeah that's I mean it, it oh what Eric yeah I'm here hello 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 you hear me? Yeah, welcome back. 
So I was talking the whole time and I didn't realize you couldn't hear me. Uh, no, I could hear you. Oh, you could? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, you told me about the, uh, the demographics and happy Juneteenth, which sounds weird. Sounds weird, but it was like, yeah, so it was one of those things like, huh, okay, well, happy Juneteenth to you as well. Like, I, I get it. Like, happy Independence, happy July 4th. Yeah. That's a lot different. That, that was like a different vibe then than why Juneteenth is a thing. So, I, I not that like I was out anywhere where that was said to me or I was, or it was said back to me. Uh-huh. But I'll I'll let society and the culture play that one out because happy just sounds like the the bad word to have achieved that. So I feel like happy is definitely going to be the predominant like emotion that comes from that holiday. I think you'll find lots of parades and celebrations. It's not going to be like nine eleven where you have lots of moments of silence. Um, it's definitely going to be happy Juneteenth, like Juneteenth celebration this year fireworks like there was so many fireworks going off that night where we were at like we were right by north toledo and then in order to get home because of the highway i had to go across to east toledo so there were fireworks going off everywhere like almost like the fourth of july um so i feel like it's going to be happy juneteenth will be the narrative going forward i'm going to guess a lot more people lost their lives due to uh that than 9-11 Oh, yeah. I I just think, like, a lot of things that we talk about, things that come up, like, and the fact that there is still a major problem with that now. Yeah. Like, to me, I get it. I get it. Uh, There there are reasons for happiness, but it's also pretty pretty bleak and, and... a sad commentary on what still is. But, hey, not it's not me. I mean, if people are happy, they're happy. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think that I have a feeling the narrative going forward will be more like a celebration. Um, also, uh, Amanda was really drunk on Friday night. <gasps> was, she, um, was that when you went to bars? Yeah. Uh, oh, nice. We came home and I was watching the basketball game. And she had two drinks there. She had two Amaretto Sours, and then she had some frozen thing at home. And she is a super lightweight. And (laughs) I wasn't ready to go to bed because I was playing video games. Like, I did not have a a good weekend in in that regard. Um, And I took her up to bed, and she was definitely not just really tired because she laid down where... She didn't lay up near the pillows. She was just in the middle of the bed with her legs uh, hanging off, touching the floor, and then grabbed the blanket. And I kind of had to help her. And yesterday I said something to her about like being drunk, and she kind of said, no, I wasn't. And I wasn't going to touch that with a 10-foot pole. <laughs> she was definitely drunk. Good. Good times. Good times. Um, I want to talk uh, something about... The, the basketball game last night, it, it briefly. Okay. Um, to go back to a, a point from the Naomi Osaka stuff. So the Philadelphia 76ers, uh, the team that I follow, my friends, all that stuff, they lost. Mm-hmm. Um, and they have a player who you have nearly made as many free throws in the postseason as he has. <laughs> and he has played many more games. Uh-huh. Um, so this player, his name is Ben Simmons. Um, he has not improved his offensive game since he's been in the league. He flat out refuses to take outside shots or three-pointers. 
Oh, and in a, in a lot of ways, like you can get away with that because he's a, a great defensive player and he's 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 big, so it's good when he's a guard, being that tall. Um, but in the playoffs, you're playing better, smarter teams, more talented teams. You play a team over the course of like a series, so they figure out how to how to defend you and how to beat you. Um, and he, as everyone expected, completing the shitting of the bed last night. And there was one play where people are killing him. And I heard him talk after the game. It made a little sense from his perspective, but it fueled the idea that he was just afraid to put the ball in the basket. Mm. Um, okay, so I'll jump ahead here. He sucked for the whole playoffs. Mm-hmm. And he answered questions last night from, from the media. Um, it would have looked even worse if he walked away from it. And I think he answered it. As honestly as as he could, like talking about how he needed to be better and I wasn't good. Um, He said things to pacify me. It would have been nice to hear, I'm going to get into the gym in the summer and develop a jump shot. But that's just not him. That's why he's likely going to get traded. But he faced the music last night. Sure. And... He had talked about, uh, somebody asked him, like, what are you going to do in the summer? And they're like, "I'm first I'm going to get myself mentally right. Because he's hurt. He, he, like, his, his head's all messed up. He, is, uh-huh. he has no confidence right now. And that's fine. Um, but I tie this back to Naomi Osaka, where, like, I don't know that people were so oppressive to her. Maybe some questions were inappropriate or wrong or just, like, talking about, I, I don't know what got under her skin. But this part, it's part of the job. Um, Ben Simmons makes like $30 million to be, to make not many more free throws than you, which is the big problem here. But talking to the media who give us the stories as fans or, you know, same thing when it comes to news stories, like without the media and journalists, we don't, we don't have an opportunity to ask the mayor, ask city council, why this, how that. So when you take certain positions, there is a responsibility that you have, and it's part of why you get paid so well um, to answer questions of those people who convey things to the general public. And that's why, you know, I I make the example of there are times I questioned whether I could do morning radio. Mm -hmm. Thankfully, that was removed from from me having to decide that. Um, But I asked myself that question. And Naomi Osaka, well, she's taking the summer off. I think she's skipping... Wimbledon. Yeah, she's skipping Wimbledon as well. Mm -hmm. And you know what? Figure yourself out, girl. And you know what? She might have to come to the the precipice of, maybe I can't be a tennis star anymore because it's too much for me mentally and emotionally. And that's totally fine. But know that when she comes back, sure, you know, she's, she's made her point and the tennis associations will... Try to be better, but there are certain parts of your job, especially when you're paid really well for it, that you just got to do it. And while Ben Simmons sucked ass, and he probably played his last game as a sixer last night, he did face the music with the press. So I think, I mean, I do think the situation is a, a little, if not maybe a lot different in that, like, she wasn't necessarily, like, avoiding the press because she a fear of, like, what her performance was going to be. She just legitimately was in, not in the appropriate space mental space to do the do the job so she said you know what I'm not going to do it. it it I think at first it was like okay I am going to do what I can right now because I like I can't take on a whole lot so if this is what I can do then I'll do that and when she found out she couldn't she says okay then I'll back out completely maybe Naomi Osaka will only perform a couple matches a year which is if that's what she can manage and still be the athlete that she, still do the sport that she loves and be who she is 
then great. You know, maybe that's what she does. She'll make, you know, millions of dollars per match. So she'll make enough to sustain herself. She doesn't have to work herself to death at every single match, satisfying every single person to still be who she is. And so I'm hoping to see that going forward um, because I think that beyond like when you sign up for something and you know you have to do press and you clearly can be fine for it, she can say no. She can say, you know what? No, I don't want to do it. And I don't think it has anything to do with like her skill or if she was good or bad. It's no, just like she's but just like, listen, guys, I just I can't right now. And that that's what I have to honor that. Well, then. The people that pay her. Uh, so well and with the money that she wins sure. from these tournaments she's going to have to come to some kind of compromise because she can't not talk to the media but play on the court oh no I do think she should still talk to the media yeah. but if that means that she only participates in a couple matches a year then whoever like endorses her they're going to have to come to some sort of decision about that but she you know if she if she say she did play Wimbledon and she didn't play again you know, she has the right to the earnings that she'll get for winning Wimbledon, assuming that she will. And then, you know, she'll play whenever she feels like it again. And knowing, though, when she chooses to play, she'll have to show up to every formality asked of her and required of her. But maybe that means that she only does three a year because she doesn't have the mental space to give it more than that, because it probably does require a whole lot. And I don't know if she can continue at the level of play that she has for her career so far if she's only playing, if she's playing infrequently. Tiger Woods tried that in one of his comebacks, mm -hmm. and he just couldn't compete with everybody else who was out there grinding, doing the little tournaments and the medium ones. That's why I say, you know what? It might be, and again, she's 19 or 20. Mm -hmm. um, maybe she does a semi-retirement and just goes away because it's better for her. But then maybe at some point when she's 24 or 25, she'll be more emotionally prepared to, to take that on. And through nothing more than she will just be an older person with more experiences and it'll yeah. be easier for her to manage some of these things. Yeah, um, she'll, she'll have more emotional intelligence and she can, you're right, she can manage the, the expectations that, that come of her. Um, to go backwards a little bit, uh, on Saturday night, Josh and I played, uh, I kept hounding him, because I bought Transformers Monopoly. And I saw that. I I'm saw not picture. I'm not going to nerd anybody out with anything. Have you ever played one of... Where are you with Monopoly in general? I'm ashamed to say I have never played Monopoly in my life. Wow. <laughs> okay. I've played life. <laughs> I play, okay. You know, if... Little judgmental Bethany was here right now. She would be giving you. <laughs> she would, yeah. She would be giving you the look. Um, it, we talked about that on Friday. How like she just, it, she gets in the judgment judgment mode, and I feel judged, convicted, and executed with some of her opinions. But that's fine. <laughs> She'll turn into an angry bird. <laughs> yeah. But, By the way, I saw a picture of her dad. He's got. Is he like Italian? I don't know. Maybe maybe somewhere. He's very dark. So he's got great olive complexion. Very good. And I'm just like, yeah. where are you from? Yeah. Anyway. On the Monopoly thing. And I, mm -hmm. I, this is not nerdy stuff. So I'm curious if this is the case with other branded Monopoly. Like there's Toledoopoly. There's Mandalorianopoly. Mm -hmm. Josh and I were completely screwed up because there are two less spaces, two fewer spaces on each side of the board. Interesting. So, 
if you play Monopoly, um, it'll make more sense to you knowing that than you, Alex. Because, yeah, I think there's 10 spaces on, on each side, but there's only eight in this. And it's like, what what happened? Like, who who didn't have the creativity? Like, why are we short a couple of spaces? So it was problematic because <laughs> we kept rolling the dice and moving one another and like eight, no, six, wrong space. It, it was it was kind of a challenge. Sorry, I derailed your conversation of Monopoly by not knowing no, any knowledge of the game. It, it, I know you can go to jail. Yeah, y- yes, yes. No, it was it, it it really messed up the math and the calculus of of the night, but we enjoyed it, and now I'll pr- probably never play it again. Very good. Um, okay, back to the to the serious thing. Uh, are they too serious? No. Well, one thing. I saw a story over the weekend. Um, it's in the Washington Post, and maybe it came your way. I sent it over to Maj. Um, there is a gentleman. I don't know. He's, he's an older gentleman, and he is a drug addict. Mm-hmm. And no, no service or rehab has been able to get him off drugs. Now, I didn't oh. read this article. I've set it aside, but I got the gist of it. Um so he underwent an experimental surgery. I think it's for people with some kind of dementia or Parkinson's to help them with uh-huh. that. They drill two nickel-sized holes in your skull and they do something in your brain and apparently it is helping him beat addiction. Wow. No, I did not hear about that. I, I hope it's not like I mean, is it a common practice that we know of? Because like it's experimental right now, so oh, um, it, it's that. And I guess he has exhausted every other potential rehab service that usually or often works for people, but nothing worked. So this made sense. And while I was uh, a little down over the weekend, whenever I get down, I get the good fortune of having these weird existential thoughts pop into my head. Mm-hmm. And one of them, after I kind of stumbled across this article, was like, man, you ever think about, or like I'm thinking about in the year... 2207 if someone is an addict like you're just going to be able to put your finger in some kind of electrical socket and be cured and we're not going to be yeah. here for that that sucks no <laughs> you know what i was watching i was watching this weekend um loki and they were they like jumped to 2067 or something like that and i was like huh i'll be in my 60s or 2030 so i don't know 2050 no, they, they went to rocks cart Yes, they did. They went to Rock's car, and I, I had just giggled, and I said, I wonder what, like, advances we'll have at that point. That's pretty cool. Do you love that show? I do like it. It's a little weird. I still yeah. don't understand it completely. I'm going to have to rewatch, but I do, I, I love Loki's character. I just, yeah. I really do. Owen Wilson is the perfect foil for, for Loki. I love all the cleverness and dry humor and the wit, and, mm-hmm. you know, speaking of, like, time in the future, like, we don't know when this show takes place. Like it's literally in a, yeah. ton- it's like in a, the TVA is timeless. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, as we were talking about that, I was looking it up and I know here at, um, at St. Charles, they do bright light therapy for people that have like depression and mental health disorders. Have you ever heard of that? No. Um, but I, I know there are some some eccentric ways to go about it. Amanda, there was a, a documentary about addiction. I think the guy is a, a French or German man born mm-hmm. during the Holocaust. And Amanda wanted she watched it over the weekend because she said it was free. Um, and it was somewhat interesting. There was a harm reduction person on there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then it talked. Then this guy began to talk about 
um, how, how stress can just wear away our bodies. And that certainly means something to me as like my anxiety was burning up my body at one point. And then a guy with uh, metastatic cancer in his spine came to visit the guy and he laid down and gave him a hug and they were talking about psychedelics and that's when I kind of zoned out on it. Yeah, yeah. But uh, Amanda brought up like ECT. Um, yep. there, there are ways. They're just not, I guess, real mainstream. No. Um, other than medication for, for help with all kinds of addiction and brain issues. Yeah, I know somebody currently that's going through hypnotherapy. Um, and it's, I mean... It's not new to me, like I understand, but I've never done it and I haven't seen it done. So um, I'm always fascinated by it. But apparently like it narrows down to like what age there was some trauma in their life and they're trying to figure out what it was. Like, you know what I mean? And the hypnotherapy apparently is helping. So yeah, this, this whole thing was about PTSD and I guess it started with, with trauma and then mm-hmm. gets around the trauma informed care. Um mm-hmm. It was it was interesting, and Amanda and I had a small philosophical discussion about it about it today. But yeah, it's just thinking that you know you talk about Loki and jumping around mm-hmm. different centuries. Like, imagine if you handed your phone to someone in the 15th century. You're like, here, you want to look up how to kill your your medieval enemies? Here you go, just look it up. It's on the internet. And like, we there are things that are going to be invented and created that we can't even wrap our heads around. And some of those things might happen like within a hundred years, including you know drilling smaller holes in your skull to rewire the computer that is our brains. I think one of the things that we might struggle with, if, especially if it's during our time, because even I mean there was a couple of people that reached out to me when they announced that there was a new Alzheimer's drug and there hasn't yeah. been one in decades, and they're like, "How are you doing?" And I'm like, "You know what? It would not have saved Dad. Like right. it wouldn't have. He was too far gone. You know, if this if this came out ten years ago, like maybe. Um, but the same thing, like if they find a cure to cancer during our lifetime." You know what I mean? Can you imagine how some people may feel where it's like you've been robbed of all of these things and you're not blaming anyone, but there's just a, there's a certain emotion that comes from it of just disappointment and like sadness, but it's going to happen. Like, you know, it is, it's going to happen at some point. Here's a story that I I just, I don't share often. It doesn't ever need to come up, but um, when my mom was battling her cancer diagnosis. It was January of 2015. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if it was her or my uncle telling me that, um, and she had stage four lung cancer. Uh, and I don't know what, I don't remember what the treatments were, just the, the standard stuff, I think. And it was, it was palliative for the most part. Mm-hmm. I, I guess with stage four lung cancer, like you got six months and yeah. that's what it was for my mom. But she was, una- there was a trial that, and I forget what the drug did, and then there was something else down the line. I think that might have been developed, uh, like uh, oh God, what was it? I, I forget. It was something I saw in sixty minutes. But there was a drug a drug trial my mom couldn't get into because I guess she had to be able to walk fifty feet a day, oh, or fifty okay. yards, and my mm-hmm. mom couldn't. And I'm mm-hmm. almost certain, like a year later, I started seeing that drug advertised on TV. Mm. Uh, I think it's called Obdivo, I think. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I know that it was the drug that my mom could have gotten in the trial for. And yeah, I, I, there was part of me that thought, what if she could have walked that time to get into the trial? Yeah. Um, stage four lung cancer is usually a death sentence. Maybe it yeah. would have given her more time. I don't know. But So you bring up that, that what if or that remorse. Um, 
or that hindsight. And and I thought some of it when I saw that drug being advertised and I, the advertised effectiveness of the drug as well. Six months after my mom had passed away. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, you know, but it, we will get there. Like the point of the conversation is that at some point that there will be something created that will hopefully save lives of millions of people. But the millions that did not or the billions that did not survive it will be grieved even harder. Yeah, I, I, whenever something like that comes up, I always think about um, there are so many cancers to cure. But if you go back to the 15th century again, yeah. sure there was cancer. But there's probably a lot of things that we've invented and created that caused a lot of these cancers. <laughs> so it's it's like, can you ever stay ahead of the Joneses here? I don't know. Um, all right, last thing before I, I lose you to a nap. Um, oh, I wish. So there was a story on WTOL yesterday. Uh, big baseball fan Kaylee Kirby did it. Do you, do you know who she is? No. She's cute. You'd like her. Oh. Um, she did a story about a, a LendingTree.com study that talks about yeah. if, uh, if the minimum wage were to rise to $15, one of the cities and areas that would benefit... Most is here in Toledo, and it underlines because of our cost of living, while rising is still pretty effective. And it was a, a, a great report, but there's one thing that I, I took issue. So it says that the the, the living wage here mm-hmm. is about $12.32. Mm-hmm. So there's two things the article didn't point out to me, and it, and it fuels up the discourse that we often have and people want to get paid more and blah, blah, blah. And I get that. Everybody should. There's nobody going, you know what? I'm totally good with what I make. You don't have to give me a rate. Everybody wants more money. Some people deserve more money. Mm -hmm. Um, When you talk about minimum wage, lots of people, like, that's just the baseline. I I don't know anyone personally who is getting paid that number. Most people are getting paid more than that. That's why there hasn't really been a rush for a lot of places to raise the minimum wage, but then I get it. It's economics. Raise that, all all ships will rise with that tide. Sure. Um, but the other thing it didn't talk about was, so livable wage to me is a very thorny subject. Yes. So let's say you, and you fill in the math here that I might be missing in this equation. That wage, while, okay, let's say you get paid, you go from $10 to $13. You are now above a livable wage for here in Toledo. Mm -hmm. Well, I look at if you're getting paid hourly, Mm -hmm. an hourly wage, you're probably just a part-time worker anyway. Therefore, that no part-time hours are really going to add up to be a livable wage unless you're parsing together a, a puzzling together several jobs. Right. Um, and then, you know, I guess the other way of saying that is, okay, you now make more than a livable, livable wage, but you're not working a livable wage amount of hours. Therefore, that wage is not livable. So they, I think the other part that makes it a little bit complicated is like if they pay you a little bit more, what are they doing regarding the assistance requirements? Like where do you fall along the lines of like, okay, so you're getting paid a livable wage. So you're getting a you're getting paid the bare minimum to live, but that's barely enough. But how much is it 
you know, where do you fall? And I guess I know this when it comes to like housing, where's your qualification for food stamps going to go? Like, what's that going to do for that? Is that going to make you depend? Is that going to make you financially responsible for all of your groceries now as well? Because let's, you know, take that down where if you made less, you qualified for food stamps. So like, you know, your money didn't technically have to go to food to support yourself because you received assistance for that, which there isn't anything wrong with that. I, I speak about this from experience. I have applied for food stamps more than once before I started working where I did because I was paying, you know, X amount of dollars in rent, but I was only getting a certain amount financially. And I was finding myself late on my rent all the time and like, didn't have enough money, like choosing whether I'm paying for gas or for food. And so I applied for food stamps, but they said, no, because I made too much money, but I didn't make enough to live, you know? And I wasn't like mismanaging my money. I mean, this, these were facts. Like I, I just, it was what it was. So it, while I, yes, like raising it to the $12, you know, that minimum is great, but it's still not enough. It's complicated. And it is. that's why I wanted your perspective. I'll throw it another way. And, and that that's a great point. Like, it, there's a reason I worked minimally a couple mm-hmm. of years ago when I was in between full-time jobs was so that I could stay on Medicaid. Yeah. Uh, so, so I could have insurance because other ways, no. Um, and obviously, everybody knows how expensive uh, medical costs can be. So that's that's my perspective of it. When when people are, are like considering maybe getting a raise or something like that, it's like, hold on, there may be a fox in that hen house because yes, mm-hmm. they're going to give you a pay bump, but then they're just going to take it back because your premiums are going to go up in health insurance. Mm-hmm. So what? Again, it's thorny. It's complicated. Livable wage seems extremely subjective, and and I know mm-hmm. that I, like you, when you when you and I talk about money, you talk about it like I do. Like we make salaries, mm-hmm. um, but I, when we would do this game on on the old show, we would people would call up and be like, "I make X amount," like I make eighteen fifty an hour. I'm like, that's so weird to me. Like, but wh- what do you come across with people? Are they more salary or are they more? hourly but in in both ways like they're they're set they're the same thing people just say it differently mm-hmm. yeah no that's exactly right i i i know that it's written down somewhere what i make if you know what my salary comes out to hourly um and it always kind of like throws me off but um at the same time like it's just we just say it differently but it's still you know increasing the money increasing your hourly wage will be beneficial but then at the same time there's a there's like a cause and effect or if if that's the appropriate way to use it but and and that's for everyone like even for myself like I learned making the money that I made I was even less so when we talk about how Toledo is doing like down payment programs that's wonderful for people but not for me but I don't make a whole lot to be able to save substantial amounts of money, you know? So like I'm in that awkward in between again, like I was in that awkward in between before where I made enough to live, but not enough to qualify for assistance, but I still needed the assistance. Now I make a little bit more, make enough to live, but not enough to have substantial savings or have a huge cushion or to, you know, just drop cash on down payments or houses. So here we are again. It, it, it's never going to stop, if that makes any sense, until you make, you know, a certain amount. But When I was your age and even younger, it's when my dad really started to hammer me about saving. Because, yeah. you know, I was at the point of my life, like, I'm never going to die. I'm never going to make it to retirement. And then, but the, the economics of it was, 
Save what? And I know, you just save a little bit and you start mm -hmm. a 401k or something and you hope it grows. But like, I had a $750 rent in Allentown. Mm -hmm. I stupidly kept raising my car payment. So I didn't have a lot to save. Um, but yeah, it's it's a really thorny issue. And, and if I think about somebody who is making $10.50 an hour, mm -hmm. um, I hope you're not working. I hope you're, you're not at a full-time job making $10.50 an hour because at that point you're doing yourself a disservice. Like if you're making $10.50 an hour, I hope you're getting 15 hours a week at Barnes & Noble <laughs> or like a coffee shop because... And that's the other part of this as is, is well. Like, why are you, wor if you are working that many, again, you're doing a disservice to yourself if you're working so many hours at a smaller wage, especially now where there's, where anybody, where people are literally not coming into work and ghosting jobs for an extra yeah. dollar an hour. So that's the other aspect of this as well. Is your hourly wage a full time job or not? I mean, at least right now, like if we're referring to just, present time like the last three four six months there's probably some people that are that are working full-time hours hired on hired on as part-time employees because that's how much they're needed in their place of employment and they're probably not getting benefits and they're probably yeah. you know what i mean maxing themselves out um and also there's some people who feel like this weird kind of loyalty to their jobs. And so it's like they they will talk about their jobs and kind of complain, but forget like you can leave and right. find something else that meets your needs. Like you do know that, yeah. you know, you can leave. And I'm not saying that from a place of like judgment. I get it. Like you you fall into this pattern that you forget that you can leave this pattern at any time. That's, whenever, you know? whenever one of these things come up and I, I grab an old blog post or my notes and put it on Facebook, that, that's one of my tenets. Like, if you are complaining about your job so much, trust me, in all likelihood, you can have that same or similar type job mm -hmm. with with less worries. Like, if it's yep. that bad, there's somewhere else that you can go. No one is holding a gun to your head to keep this job. And, you know, happiness is a currency. Okay, you're going to take a little bit of a... $5,000 pay cut, whatever. You go from 42 to 37 and, and things are a little tighter, but maybe you're not as miserable and that's, yeah. and that's worth something. But this is a complicated topic all around because um, I know that if, if wages, I, what did I say? That if the minimum wage was re, re raised commensurate to inflation over the years, it should actually be like at least $15 everywhere now. And Mm -hmm. That's because companies said, oh, we, we don't have to pay this much, but we can raise our prices this much plus X, and they're bringing in profits. Therefore, you know, corporations and CEOs make lots of money, and there's our massive pay, pay gap in inequality. I don't know how to fix it, um, but it, it's very complicated. It's really so complicated. Do you, do you listen to the Joe Rogan podcast occasionally? Fuck that guy. Never. Okay, so um, Thomas was trying to like level with me this weekend and he played, we drove past Amazon and we were talking about how like Wendy's is sold out of food because Amazon's there now buying up all their shit. And you know, the employees are on their lunch breaks and he played this podcast. He's like, you'll appreciate this. And it was some girl that was on there, like, you know, talking about how Amazon is a terrible company and they, you know, it's like, slave conditions and i was like first of all like don't ever <laughs> you know what i mean like don't nobody's killing you for not um 
for not, you know, wrapping that box correctly. So um, she was on there and there was another guy talking about data um, and what Amazon companies do for um, places of employment in the surrounding area. So how kind of like Cedar Point and how Cedar Point is kind yeah. of buying out all the employees. That was what he was bringing, but he was bringing data to the conversation. Thomas and I actually had a little bit of a back and forth because he, this, this woman, I'll have to look it up and give you the name. She goes, and Amazon has a process where they don't promote their warehouse employees. Warehouse employees can't get promoted. And then, um, you know, they let go of their employees on a three-year cycle because he, Jeff Bezos feels employees are inherently lazy. And, you know, he's like, are you listening to this? I say, yeah, but where's her facts? Right. Like the one gentleman is talking about business, surrounding businesses and how large corporations like Amazon are taking the employees from smaller owned businesses. That makes sense. There's data. Where are her facts to say that warehouse employees don't get promoted? You know, and she's like, and then if you're a warehouse employee and you want to get promoted, you're in a pool of 300 people. Well, duh, you're at a warehouse with thousands of employees. Right. Like where, where are your facts? Don't just like, let's all not dump on Amazon without coming up with some sort of facts. I mean, obviously, um, smaller cities or more rural neighborhoods are going to feel the effects of it. But overall, there's benefits to the community. Like the traffic in our area is insane. You cannot get food anywhere without waiting in line over 20 minutes. Those businesses are coming up like running out of meat is a good thing. <laughs> you that's, know, that's a supply chain thing now, but you're right. And it, it's not all bad. It's not all good. And I, uh, I, I've read, I've read as many of the Amazon articles and I read, God, it must've been 10,000 words about how I'll try to dig up the article if you want it, but you need to set aside like a half an hour of like, <laughs> how, like they won't kill you if you don't wrap that box. Right. But they will fire your ass. But Hey, like there is enough of this out there now. There's an, uh, and you can ask plenty of workers there's a reason why they're paying 18 or $22 an hour. Like it's going to be a tough sure. job and it's not for everybody. And there's enough places to look up to find out what am I getting myself into at this point? She also mentioned, you know, that there's delivery drivers that have been quoted as saying that they had to take bathroom breaks in yeah, their trucks the and bags. And I was just like, again, that is a, ch there's still a choice there. Like I understand that like, um, you know, you may not be able to quit a job and be unemployed until you find another one, but there's still a choice there. Um, and also I doubt it. Like, are you going to be fired because you took a bathroom break? Like, where's, can you, can somebody show me the facts? Like, can you show me the, the information that said, you know, ex employee was received this disciplinary action and this disciplinary action because their, their like machine showed that they were inactive for five minutes. There are some of those stories. But conversely, that's why, like, when Jonathan from South Toledo won that million bucks. Yeah, I was happy for him. He should have gotten a call from Jeff Bezos immediately because he loves working at Amazon. So just like every other job, it's it's, yeah. not, it's not for everybody. And to go back to, to bring this kind of full circle, like Naomi Osaka, you are paid really well because you're great at something. But there are some obligations that you might not like that you've got to take part in. But um, I'm glad you think the livable wage thing is as complicated as... As I oh do. yeah, oh yeah. It's not. It's it's definitely hard. Only because I've experienced it. 
you know, professionally with folks that I work with and people that were on our caseload where we had to decide if you should work or if you should not work because you're about to be evicted. Yeah. You know, you still can't afford your responsibilities on the income that you have. And so maybe you should be without work for a while so you can get your benefits back so you can build yourself back up. Yeah. You know, it was unfortunate, but it was reality. It's a strategy. And yeah, I would always get kind of irritated when you'd have um, certain people look down on those who were living mm -hmm. off the system. And look, there mm -hmm. are people who live off the system and they are guilty of their own poor decisions but i don't think i was one of those people i was strategic about it and mm -hmm. for every hundred people living in air living off the system there are ruthless corporate ceos who will fire some some middle class person and fire them right into the poor house because they want to make more profits yeah and you yeah. gotta you're gonna look down you gotta look up as well yeah, no, that's exactly right. And there's also people that have, you know, that started a hundred steps ahead of someone else. So it's yeah. like, I'm sorry, I wasn't taught. I didn't have a parent help me build a portfolio at 16 that I could then profit off of at 29. You know what I mean? After it's been built up, like there's some th that happens. And so it's just, you know, it's different for everybody and we shouldn't be shameful. We shouldn't be shaming folks, but you know, there we go. Um, I think that's it other than I did. I saw a funny tweet over the weekend and I've tried to do my best to avoid things like this, but it was super funny. Um, guy tweeted like all these businesses that have been lost and all the people that have died. And yet these, these pedal bars still exist. <gasps> so we saw those at Manhattan and they were doing everything that everybody hates. So they were blasting music, rapping, and everybody was woo wooing and screaming. And I wanted to know how the fuck do you not fall off of those things? How do you not, especially if you're drinking, how do you not get so happy that you just lean backwards? Like you take one woo, flip your hair and then boom, pavement, like you're you bit it. How does that not happen? Why isn't there seat belts that like go around your waist and connect to the <laughs> to the to the whatever contraption that you're pedaling? And who wants to work out while you drink and enjoy I know, yourself? I, that, that that's why I never had any interest. The last thing I want to do is grind hard um, while I'm drinking. And I, like, well, I do, but not that kind. Right, no. <laughs> I. I don't want to do anything I would do in a gym while I'm drinking. <laughs> and I know that I live downtown and there's certain things that are going to happen downtown that won't happen in neighborhoods. But Juliana had the, the greatest line. She's like, how would you like it if I went out to Sylvania and came through your little West Toledo neighborhood and yelled, woo, woo, with loud music. And again, it's, it's part of where you live. And it's the number one reason why I'm glad I don't live downtown anymore. But I wouldn't have hated if some dumb drunk fell off and cracked their head open and Literally, people rethought pedal bars. You can crack your head open. How has we need listeners? Do you know anyone that has cracked their head open on this? <laughs> I want to know because you're so high up. You're just sitting on a seat. There's nothing. I mean, you have to hold on. Um, so maybe there's a requirement that you have to keep your hands down on the table at all times other than when you're lifting your hand to drink. But the amount of woohoos that happen and the amount of drinking that happens, somebody has had to have fallen the hell off of that thing. And I want to know who it was. And did you sue? <laughs> Some people used to, uh, when I'd walk the dogs, there were people who would like taunt me and the dogs and not say Ugh. anything like horrific, but I'm like, 
please just shut up. Like, I don't want to hear it right now. And there's nobody that I'm glad you agree that everybody thinks those people are annoying. Exactly. It was like, here we were on the Manhattan's patio, enjoying a nice, quiet drink with a breeze, listening to this guitar musician playing Georgian Wheezy. And then here they come literally playing little Wheezy, little Wayne, woohooing, jumping up and down. It was obnoxious. It was just annoying. And so anyway, they could go, but I do love the golf carts. Yeah. I mean, that's helpful. Like that's, that's practical. It gets you around. <laughs> Very practical. Um, Janet says she'll join us tomorrow, 3.15. Um, she's been putting us off lately, but hopefully we'll get our, our astrologer back on. Give her my birth date and tell her it's not me. I want to know what she has to say. Text me your birthday because I forget the exact date. And, and time of birth as well. Yeah, yeah, okay. All right, I'll talk to you later. Okay, bye.